I'm going to invite you uh, at this time to open up your bulletin and to turn uh, to the list of names that are uh, on that open page. And I just want you to uh, look at the names with me just for a moment. Because I've been looking at this list of names uh, all week. And this question has come to me. How do you put into words all that is represented in a name? I've been thinking about that a great deal this week, especially as I've read and reread this list. Some of you, uh, when you look at this list of names, you see people you love, people that you knew. Some of you see uh, your mother or your father. Others of you in the sanctuary this morning see your your grandfather or your grandmother. Others of you this morning, uh, you may be visiting and you may be thinking, you know what? That's a lot of names. I don't know any of those people. I want to tell you what I see. I see a, a whole group of Sunday school teachers. Some folks taught for over 30 years. Can you imagine teaching Sunday school for over 30 years? They taught so that um, young people, children, would come to know the love of God. I see uh, business people who built incredible businesses. Some of them built hospital systems, others of them built oil companies, others of them built family businesses. Oh, I see uh, teachers who inspired generations of young people to do their best and to believe in themselves. I see attorneys who practiced with integrity and with character. I see doctors who not only lived by the Hippocratic Oath in their practice, but they also lived out of the Hippocratic Oath in their daily life. I see pastors on this list who were theologians, but who had pastors' hearts, and they shaped communities and cities. I see sons and daughters. I see mothers and fathers. I see grandparents and great-grandparents. I see friends colleagues and mentors. I see sinners and I see saints. I see people who risk something big for something good. If I'm honest, I see heroes. How can you put into words? How can you put into words all that is represented in a name, how can you put into words all that is represented in a life you can't? A person's entire life cannot fit in the name. And we all know that all of life is not represented in a moment of remembrance. But we gather as a church on All Saints Sunday because the moments of grace that are reflected in the lives of these names, they live on. 
They inspire us. They beckon us to recognize that our lives as well are places where holiness and grace and light and love are played out. It's true. It can be a simple act that forever changes the course of your life or your community or our city. I learned this uh, in a really powerful way several years ago. Uh, My friend Peter invited me to a Friday evening Shabbat service at his temple. Peter uh, is the senior rabbi at the temple in Atlanta. It's the one right there on Peachtree Street. And those of you who know uh, Atlanta, you may be wondering which Peachtree. I mean the main one right through the heart of the city. Peter's the uh, senior rabbi there. Uh, He was actually the associate rabbi at Temple Emmanuel right around the corner. He cut his teeth under David Stern for years. These two people have a lot in common. They're both brilliant. They're incredible leaders. They're great preachers. And Peter invited me to a Shabbat service and the text that night was our passage from Exodus. Before we read the text together, I need you to remember a couple things. The Hebrew people have fled their land and have fled to Egypt because there's been a great famine. They had nowhere else to turn, and so they end up in Egypt where the Pharaoh has been, by his own words, gruesome to them, ruthless, working them day and night. They have enslaved all the Hebrew people. But the Hebrew people continue to multiply so much that the Pharaoh is concerned that the Hebrew people are going to overtake the Egyptians one day. And so the Pharaoh does something pretty ruthless. He puts out a decree in all the land that all the male babies born to Hebrew slaves be executed. They are to be uh, thrown right into the river. And then the females that are born will be taken into slaves themselves. Uh, Just to be clear, this is uh, the Pharaoh asking the people in Egypt to declare their loyalty to him. He's asking all of Egypt to say, we follow this law even if it's ruthless. And then something incredible happens. And it all starts with the person that is not named. Listen to what happens next. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. This little boy's sister, Miriam, she stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and while her attendants walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying. 
And so she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "Uh, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son, and she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What's in a name? What's in a name? I have to tell you, before that Friday night at Temple and that Shabbat service, the only name that I was ever focused on in this passage was the name Moses. After like 10 years of vacation Bible school, I knew this text, and it was about how Moses, who God was going to call to lead the Hebrews from slavery into freedom to establish the nation of Israel. Oh, I knew this passage, but it turns out I didn't know the depth of this passage. For the power in this text I learned from my friend Peter is uh, in the person who doesn't have a name. Anybody know the name of Moses' mom? I've never knew that name until that Friday night. Her name is Yoshefed. Yoshefed was the mother of Moses and Aaron and Miriam. And we have to remember that it is Yoshefed and her act in the face of the law that changed the course of not only Moses' life, but an entire nation. My friend Peter read this text. He opened our eyes. He reminded us that anyone who went against this law would be liable to death themselves. He reminded us that any women who did not put their Hebrew sons into the river were slapping the face of the Pharaoh. He helped us to remember that Yoshebed and Shifra and Puah were in a simple act, living out the first actions of civil disobedience recorded in the Torah. They were saying our allegiance is not found in a law that is unjust. Our allegiance is found in our relationship with Yahweh. And so these three women, they did what they knew was true deep within the fibers of their beings. And they took this Hebrew slave child, this boy, and a mother did what mothers are supposed to do, love their children unconditionally. And she nurtures that child for three months and then she creates a a safe haven right there among the reeds and puts them in a basket. And don't you know that when she placed 
Moses in that basket. She said her prayers. She held her breath. And she sealed that basket. As if to say, God, it is into your hands now. And these two women, Shifra and Pua, find Moses in that basket. They find him in the basket with the Pharaoh's own daughter. And because of a mother's act, that baby is alive. You know, there's an ancient rabbi that says uh, that Yoshefed is the only woman in recorded history to give birth to 600,000 people. That puts it in perspective. That puts it in perspective, does it not? Without this mother living out her true allegiance to Yahweh, this child would not have been saved. And this child would go on to lead the nation of Israel, 600,000 from slavery into freedom. And I got to tell you, Her name's not even in there. How do you, how do you put into words a life and a name? I got to tell you something. I don't know much, but I do know this. After having done memorial services for the last nine years, this is what I know. Most of us feel like we are leading simple lives. We're doing the best we can with what we have. We're trying to raise our kids. We're trying to be good grandparents. We're trying to be good citizens of the world. And we think everything's just normal. But can I tell you what I've come to learn? Every memorial service that I've ever done has always revealed that God's grace and love and light is at work in every person's life, whether they recognize it or not. Every person has a moment of grace and light that comes to define them to their families comes to define them to their particular communities, comes to define them to the city in which they live. Don't you know that at Yoshebed's memorial service, they recounted this story of how a mother loved her family with abandon, with commitment, and how that love was made manifest in the lives of her children. I don't know about you, but I look at my life and I think, I don't know if I've ever risked something that big. I don't know if I could risk something that big for that good. You know, I think that's the greatest temptation when we look at people who have risked their lives. We think, I am so grateful they did that. Can we give them a Lifetime Achievement Award, please? Let's induct them into the ring of honor or the hall of fame, or let's honor them at a banquet. 
because they've risked far beyond what we could ever imagine. But if we're really honest, each and every one of us, when we learn of someone who has risked something big for something good, it stirs something deep within us. It awakens us. It inspires us. And even if for just a moment we wonder, maybe I could do the same too. Friends, on this All Saints Sunday, this day when we will gather at table to remember those who have entered the church triumphant before us, May we see beyond just a list of names. May we see God's grace and light and mercy at work in the lives of others. And may it help us see that our own lives are the very places where God is at work and alive, that we too are capable of being the heroes to others. Please pray with me. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, years and seasons and days and weeks that are completely unknown to us, O God, but seasons which you have promised us that we will never be alone, that there is not a place that we can go that is beyond your reach, your care, your mercy, or your forgiveness. So help us to lead lives, O God, that reflect that grace and mercy, light and love into the world. For we pray in your holy name. Amen.